Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. What does the word disruptive mean to you? It means going beyond the ordinary, going beyond the status quo. Not thinking in the conventional way, not just sort of following the herd. Disruptive means taking things up, you know? Disruptive entrepreneur is somebody who sees the problem and embraces the problem with a new way. Shake up and awakening. Quality will take care of itself and you'll go from being disruptive but also profitable. When you use your own reservoir of talent, when you love what you do, then you disrupt. Mix it up, change it up, and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob, and welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. This is episode 299.5, and that's because the 300th episode is coming next in a few days' time. Stay tuned. But we didn't want to miss an episode on our normal day, so you could see this as a bonus episode. So I'm going to tell you in a moment what's coming up on the 300th episode. Uh, We're doing something very new, very different, mostly shaming me, which people tend to enjoy. On this episode, uh, I did a live talk to my Cayman legacy mentees. So once a year, probably we've done this seven years in a row now, I take some high level mentoring clients to Cayman. There's usually between 10 and 20 of us only and they pay big money. Uh, and we mentor them on their business, their property portfolio. Uh, And every six months, in the middle of each year, we go to Cayman, uh, they come to my house and we do a day of masterminding, a mentoring kind, we call it the the Cayman Revisit. Uh, And I did a talk to the Cayman mentees about launching a product. Now, I don't think I've ever recorded and publicized anything I've done to my mentees for the Cayman Legacy. So this should be a little bit of a treat. And it's all about launching a product. I use case studies, of course, my books and things that I've launched, but also how companies like Apple launch, creating demand, urgency, you know, people sharing them, then we're sort of creating this buzz so that your launches sell out really quickly. So I hope you enjoy that. But before you listen to that, here's what's coming up on the 300th episode. So we're trying to do some things that are a little bit different. So my team, Tom and Harry and Felicity, have come up with a quiz uh, that they'll be hitting my way. They'll be testing me on what I know about my subject. And let's see, that could be embarrassing. Uh, they're also interviewing me. So Tom and Harry are interviewing me uh, on maybe the journey that I've had over the last 12 years. Uh, we're also trying to dissect all the lessons that we've had doing 300 podcasts, both in terms of what we'd learned from all the great guests that we've had over the years. And we've had some amazing guests, but also what we've learned doing the podcast traveling to them. Um, And then next thing we're going to do is we're going to go through some of the critical comments uh, that have been thrown my way. That wasn't my idea. Um, But yeah, I'm going to be responding to some of the haters. Uh, And then we're going to do an audience Q&A because there's a lucky 50 people who are sitting in this 300th episode live. I gave a few people an opportunity to do that uh, and they'll be hitting me with a load of questions, uh, but they're only giving me five minutes to answer those questions because as you know, I can talk and I can often take 15 or 20 minutes to answer a question. So they they felt like it would be good to challenge me uh, to do uh, five minutes uh, per answer. Now, we did initially think that it might be good to get a really great guest for the 300th episode, uh, but we get really great guests anyway. Uh, and usually uh, when, I, when we book in a great guest, uh, we love to go and see them where they're based, whatever country or usually in London, uh, and they love us to come and see them. Um, so we decided to change the concept of the 300th episode. Uh, it's a test. Everything's a test. I hope you really enjoy it. It's coming up in a few days. Uh, for now, 
go to my private talk to the Cayman Legacy Mentees on creating demand and buzz for a launch. Launch model. There are four steps to a launch model. Having a good product or service that people want, pre-launch, actual launch, post-launch. And then within the launch model, some key elements are having a compelling offer. That could be something that's the right time, like cryptos might have been a right time when cryptos got exciting. Or um, do you remember when web domains and uh, registration plates, you know, you can have the timing for things because they're new and people want them. So timing is one element. Uh, just a really good value product that, you know, people think is a bargain, a well-packaged product, a new product, a product that hasn't been out for a few years that everyone wants, you know, like the new iPhone or something like that. He's come back the other way, hasn't he? This, this guy, he's just turning round. He's, he's been doing that and that and that and that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Um, some kind of time sensitivity is definitely important on a launch, like scarcity and urgency. Like, for example, you might have only a thousand or five thousand units and then you sell out. Or, um, you know, like when Coldplay or a big band release tickets, they don't have to say we've only got 75,000 tickets for the venue. They've got so many fans that as soon as they say we're releasing some dates, they immediately sell out. Um, if Coldplay, if you could book on a gig to see Coldplay any time throughout the year, they wouldn't necessarily sell them out, but they sell them out because they release them and launch them and they build this desire. Um, you could have an end date. So you could have something expires and a discount expires or the offer expires in 24 hours or 48 hours. You could add bonuses that you take away. Um, you know, that they can, like the first 500 get, um, I don't know, maybe a, a consultation call with you or a, a group online coaching session or something like that. So that's uh, time sensitivity, scarcity and urgency. So having a good product and service that you already know will sell. Well, the one guaranteed way to do that is to do a test launch, uh, a very small launch to a small segment of your Facebook followers or your email database or a small customer segment and do it as a test. Uh, and you're just looking for percentage conversions or you know, just how popular it seems to be, the feedback that you get so that you know if it's um, not been so good you want to then get feedback as to what you need to tweak and change. And of course, if it's been good, you hope that that would scale. The second thing you can do to create a really good product and service that's ready for launch is to crowdsource the title, the bonuses, the main benefits of it from your community. So well before you create the product, you ask your community what their problems, pains, what their difficulties are, um, where they would like help, where they're struggling, where they're stuck. Uh, what they feel like they need to learn but haven't learned yet uh, and over a period of a bit of research online. But one of the good things that I get from spending a lot of time online is I feel like I'm in a constant research project because anytime I'm commenting or engaging with the community, I'm learning something about them and what they want and what their difficulties are. And I, I tend to accidentally just over a few months before a book or something like that, just build this sort of knowledge that, which turns into intuition about what they'll want and don't want based on just interaction. Because if you 
Um, for example, with you, Brett, if you started um, talking about deal packaging and um, bigger deals and wholesale deals and uh, all that kind of stuff and got conversations going, you'd start learning from what the feedback is. Um, maybe you'd, you're surprised at how few people know about it. Maybe there's a bit of scepticism about the fees because they're big fees that you can earn. Maybe they don't really understand how to do it. What parts don't they understand? And then you just break down all of those elements and you, you answer them with your product and service. So by the time you're launching, you've, you know that the content and the message and the deliverables are desirable because your community have been involved in it. And then if you test launch it, when you go big, you, you've got more certainty that it's going to go well, or you can make the changes you need. Because the last thing you want is to go big on your launch with the version of your product that isn't right. And sometimes that can just be what you call it. It can be small things that are variable um, on, on creating your product. Then the other thing you can do is take your best performing product and just relaunch that. The other thing you can do is you can do some Facebook pay-per-click and Google pay-per-click testing, run little dummy ads, um, which sort of maybe start selling a few of these products. You don't even necessarily have, it, have to have it there for delivery. I know one internet marketer, he runs dummy ads, he sells the product. Immediately when he sells it, he refunds them and says, sorry, it's actually not ready, blah, 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 just refunds them and just works out which, you know, which um, landing pages and sales pages and products sell the best and then the ones that sell well, he then scales it on a proper launch. The next thing then for your product is your story. So Apple are brilliant at telling a story. So do you remember a thousand songs in your pocket? That is a story of the first iPod. Um, I don't know if you've seen Nike's most recent um, advertising campaign. It's quite a controversial one with the, I think it's the American footballer. It's quite controversial. Copernic, is it? I'm not quite sure how you pronounce it. Um, that's a story that they're telling. So is there a compelling story you can tell? Um, uh, for example, with my new social media masterclass that I just launched a couple of days ago, if you're listening to the audio, you can't get it sold out. Um, it's a, I only launched this course to teach my main trainers to up their social media game. Wasn't intending for it to be a public thing at all. Um, but I've got, what, maybe 15 main trainers, 11 of them are booked on. But, you know, if I'm going to spend my time training them, I might as well sell 20 tickets as well so I can open it to just 20 people. 10 of them for my VIPs, so only 10 of them for the rest of my community. So you've got a little bit of story as to why you're launching a course. You've got the scarcity of the 10 places are going to VIPs, therefore only 10 to you. Um, so you, t you can weave in multiple elements of this. So that's the, the fundamentals of the product side of it. So now we move into the, the, the pre-launch. So the pre-launch is the information, the desire, the hunger, and the pent-up urgency that you build before you launch your product. And of course, um, Mercedes or any big car company, like if Lambo are going to bring out their new Centenario or Lambo SVJ or whatever, you'll normally see some kind of sniper style photograph of the car being tested. You know, they wrap it in something that's supposed to make it not look like the car. And I think a lot of the time those photos are leaked for a story, you know, like the leaked photos of the iPhone that's going to come out. 
I wouldn't be surprised if that's been intentionally leaked. So you create, oh, I can see it all. Look at it. They all start talking about it. Oh, it's coming. Is it going to look like this or that? You know, the concept cars give this mystique around what the car might look like. So that can build some, this needs to happen before you launch your product. So what I used to do when I used to launch years ago was basically you'd not hear from me and then I'd go, hi, I'm Rob and it's live and you've got to buy it. And by the way, this is what it is and this is how many I've got and this is when you have to do it and this is the bonuses and this is the story. And I'm trying to over-inform you about everything on the day. And if I'm trying to build this urgency for you to do it and I've got to tell you 18 things and your brain's going, wait a minute, uh, don't know, I'm confused, you won't buy it. So what you do in the pre-launch as well as building the excitement and the urgency is you drip feed the information about it. So um, literally months out, you could just say, hey, my new book's going to be called I'm Worth More. Um, I don't know if you've got any challenges around self-worth, but if there's anything you want to share, stick it in the thread. You could even go one stage behind that and you could go, I'm going to launch a new book on self-worth. What do you think it should be called? And like they, don't, they don't know that that's the, the pre-launch phase of the launch. They just think I'm involving them in naming the book. But that's also... They now know months in advance that there's going to be a book out. And of course, if you can get people involved in the pre-launch and the naming and the suggesting of the bonuses, they're vested in buying your product. Because if you think you've been involved in the creation of a product, you're more likely to buy the product. So you can go way back in terms of even just suggestions and crowdsourcing of titles and bonuses and concepts for your product. Um, and then as you get nearer the time, you start drip feeding the main pieces of information. That might be launch date when it's going live. You want them to know a good couple of weeks before it's going live, at least that it's going live. Joe, this works for podcasts, this works for books, this works for new products, this works for information products. We were talking uh, about that. Um, it can work for uh, online training. Probably work for a car. I don't know what bonuses you'd launch with a car. Um, I've never really seen that. Um, Mm, something to think about. But none of us here are selling cars, so it's not so much of a problem. Um, so, yeah, a few weeks out, the logistics need to be the logistics need to be taken care of before you get them all whooped up with urgency and emotion and desire. Because if they don't know what the logistics are when you're trying to get them in that emotional state, like people sitting on the phone for hours trying to buy gig tickets or queuing for a day to buy an iPhone, then there's things that are going to stop us buying. Date of launch is important. Um, if you're selling a course, the dates of that course, what the bonuses are, if there are any, how to buy, where to buy, what the um, time limit is, how, what, what the maximum number that you have available is, if it's 500, 5,000 or whatever. Now, what I've learned is if you don't have a time limit, people will do it whenever they want, which means never. If you don't have any bonuses, people who are on the fence won't get it, but people who are on the fence will get it for the bonuses. With the bonuses, I take those away at the end of the offer. So if I'm doing a 24-hour launch for a book, they can get the bonuses in 24 hours, but after the 24 hours, the bonuses disappear, bless you. Uh, and that works because people will buy the book just for the bonuses. So that's the pre-launch. And then as you get closer, you want to put more messages out uh, and you want to package everything together. So a few days before, you want to give them full instructions of everything. Uh, then you want to do a couple of um, pieces of communication about a countdown and then bang your life.
Sometimes when we go live, we'll give an incentive for the first hundred or thousand buyers. If, if we're launching something that has ranking like a book or a podcast or an audio and we want to get it high quickly, mostly when you launch those kind of products, volume, some kind of algorithm multiplied by time frame equals ranking. So recency and volume in a short period of time will boost you in the rankings. So I'll give you an example. Joe could launch his podcast. I will do a little, um, this might go out on my podcast. So Joe, what's your podcast called? We'll do your bit of promotion. The Social Entrepreneur, Joe's podcast. Uh, now he might get, say, 10,000 subscribers in a day. Tim Ferriss might have got 50,000 on that day. But Tim Ferriss has got a podcast that's been going seven years. Joe's got a podcast that's just launched today. Joe will absolutely go above Tim Ferriss with, despite having less downloads, because they're more recent and they're new. The same with books. So that's why when you see me launch stuff, I'm doing very short windows, 24 hours, 48 hours or whatever, because I'm trying to, I'm basically trying to take the sales I might make in three months and squash them into a day. You did? It, yeah. Boom. 10x. <laughs> yeah, it works. It's a model. It works. And I've been playing around with this launch model for 12 years and probably, like I said, the early mistake I made was trying to give too much information and not enough pre-launch and it was all on launch. Um, later mistakes I made were not doing enough on post-launch, which I'll get to in a minute. And over time, as you refine it and you just just gets better, it just works every time. It works like a, a system. Okay, so you're on launch day. Um, don't be scared to relentlessly promote it. And um, ra rather one too many messages than one too few. You know, and if you think about it, when something big is launching, like a pair of Nike special edition trainers or an iPhone or something like that, you see it all the time. It's just not, my, it's not just my emails and my books. It's all sorts of stuff. Um, and if you're seeing a lot of it, it means the world is seeing a lot of it. So it, it's impossible to say how many amount of messages is the right amount and how many is too many and not enough. Um, but if no one complains, it's definitely not enough. Uh, and I would say, depending on what it is, you could probably put at least three communication methods out in the, on the launch day. You could have a it's live. You could have a special unannounced added bonus. And then you could have a it's closing in a couple of hours. Now, what I used to do, a mistake I used to make in the launch in the early days is I used to go it's live. And then a, an hour later I go, oi, remember it's live. And then a few hours later I go, oi, remember it's live. And I'd say the same thing over and over, just trying to nag you to buy it, which is better than not nagging you to buy it. But those who've already bought it are like, well, I've already bought it. And those that were going to buy it were like, I was going to buy it. And those that don't want to buy it are like, will you fuck off? I don't know. I'm looking at you, David, when I'm saying all this. <laughs> I think I'm trying to make up for touching your leg. <laughs> it's not working. No, it's not working. You just, yeah. Um, so now if like, I'll go, it's coming. Then I'll go, if you get it on launch day, you get X, Y, Z. And then I'll go, it's live. And then I'll go, it's live, but I've also just added this bonus in. And then I'll go, it's live, and I've added this bonus, and it's shutting in a couple of hours. So each time you communicate, you bring out another piece of information. So you've got a reason to communicate. 
So like you don't reveal your whole story and all of your bonuses and all of your um, information in one go, which I, try, I used to try and do in the early days. And it's too much information. When you shut it, give them some warning that you've shut it. You're going to shut it, sorry. And then when you shut it, this is really important, shut it. Now, in the old, old, old days, a few people, oh, I missed it, oh, was this, that, you know, the excuses come out. And the softy in you goes, oh, don't worry about it. Yeah, all right, you can have the bonuses or whatever. And then they go and tell people, and the message that's going out to the world is, it's your marketing strategies are gimmicks, because actually when you say it's closed, it's not closed. And then next time you don't build the urgency because they know it's not closed. And you think you're doing someone a favour. If they missed the deadline... Sorry, you missed a deadline. Oh, but, oh, but I'm sorry, I'd lose all credibility. That was the deadline. Now, what that does is teach the buyers to buy next time. So you'll build some goodwill in doing that. Now, what you can do after launch is then introduce the waiting list. So then you can go, sorry, we're closed. I've had loads of people wanting me to open it. I'm not opening it. We're full. We only wanted X number of members, buyers, clients. Um, we have no immediate plans to reopen because if you said you already did, it's almost like you knew that already. So that maybe wouldn't be credible. But if you'd like to be on the waiting list to know when it reopens, just share your details. And then just build a bit of urgency back up by saying, look, you missed it this time. Don't miss it next time. So then the post launch is the reopen. Now, I usually don't do the reopen. Because there's an unconscious message if you do the reopen that the main launch wasn't that good. And I see a lot of people doing reopens and it's too soon after, after the launch. And I just realized they didn't sell what they wanted to. Thankfully, when we do our launch, pretty much every single launch, like Joe said, it works. Joe followed my launch formula. He got to number one in, um, in the business charts above like the, you know, Tim Ferriss and Gary Vaynerchuk, which is massive. It works. Um, so if you follow it right, you won't need to do a reopen. Um, but you might want to do a reopen in six weeks, two, three months or whatever. And then when you're going to reopen, you follow the same process. You advance notice, you bring in some bonuses. Now, when you do a reopen, try and introduce something new. So you're not telling the same story over and over a new bonus. Now, of course, if you're selling peanuts uh, and very clear widgets, it's hard to add a set of bonuses with a pack of peanuts. Doesn't work for every product. But this is the thing. Do you remember in the old, old days when you used to buy a car and they used to think it was really compelling? Uh, if you buy it now, we'll give you free mats. You know, like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to buy a 50 grand car, but if I buy it now, I can get the mats. And it worked for years. And everyone's like, whoa, got mad over the mats. So it, it is worth considering, even if you think you don't have a product that um, lends itself to having bonuses, you could, you could be the first in your niche to create a bonus around the, the product that you have that your competitors don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Buy my planning package and get some free mats. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Doormats might work. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> some toilet roll as well. Yeah. All right. So um, then post-launch. So there's more to post-launch than just Closing, setting up a waiting list and then reopening. So I like to incentivize people to share the product or review the product once I've finished selling the product. Now, with a book, I'll take the bonuses away 
but I won't stop you buying it on Amazon. So I might put a waiting list for the book in the future, but that's for the bonuses. So what you can do is you can sell the product. The product goes live. They can now buy the product ad infinitum, but it's the bonuses that you take away because you might not want to close the sales of your product after one day. Apple, you know, Apple aren't necessarily going to stop sales of their iPhone after a day, although they'll probably run out or they'll make out that they run out so that when they do launch it again, they build this pent up desire. So, you know, Apple and big companies like that, they know how to launch. Um, but what you can do on your post launch is, so for example, I'll um, ask people to review and I'll give them maybe a 15 minute one to one consultation call or some kind of extra bonus. Um, or I'll ask them to share the sale of my product on their social media, the book. So, Joe, this is what you, you can still do this in post launch. You can bring out a new bonus and anyone who shares the link to your podcast on their show, social media and shows you a screenshot gets X bonus. Now, you could do like a 15 minute, you know, um, entrepreneur consultation call with you for the, the you know, the first hundred. Um, and, you know, you got to, you book five of them in, in your diary a week for the next um, 50, 50 weeks or whatever. Um, but they've got to prove that they've shared it on social media. Or you could do a three hour online training on starting up your business um, and it's on a specific date. So that's the scarcity. It's on this date. and You're not recording it. Then you don't have to sell your time at 15 minutes ago. And then 10,000 of them could join that. And what that does is that gives the launch another hit and it gives it some more momentum. So I launched Start Now, Get Perfect later on audio. Uh, and in six days, the, the physical paperback comes out. So we used to, in the old days, launch the audio book and the paperback on the same day. But if you do that, people will buy the paperback or the audio. But if you launch them separately, they'll buy the audio and then say 30% of them will buy the paperback as well. But then if you give different bonuses, 60% of them will buy the paperback. And then after the paperback, we'll do a review the paperback and you get X, so the reviews go up. And then after the reviews, we'll do share the book and you get Y. So we've ended up giving away about five or six bonuses. Now, in the old days, I, when I started doing this and it started working, my fear was, am I commoditizing myself? There's just bonuses everywhere. But no one has ever messaged me saying, Rob, you give away so many bonuses that you cheapen your offer. All these bonuses, are, I don't want any of them. No one has messaged me that. Now, if they had, I would have tweaked my strategy. But what a lot of people do is go, wow, you give away lots of stuff, lots of valuable stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know. Yeah, because we've done so many launches, we have to beat our last one. That's the problem. So like I'll be giving away Mark in a future book launch. <laughs> Poor old Mark. Um, but yeah, that is the case where I'm having to beat my last. I'm, having to, I'm always wanting them to be more compelling than the last time. And remember, I'm selling to a lot of the same people in the community each time I, each time I do a book. I'd say half the buyers are my existing followers. So if I did less bonuses or the same bonuses, I'm not going to get the same traction. Well, you know what? It's just all about creativity and imagination yeah. and exactly. solving problems. And I, I got to the point, I got to the point where I was all out of bonuses that I went into the disruptive entrepreneur community and I said, I'm launching start now, get perfect later. Um, what bonuses would you like? And I asked the community and they told me, and then I packaged, I mean, some of them are like, yeah, I'd like Rob and Mark VIP for a year. Yeah. All right, mate, we'll give you a 50 grand bonus for buying a, a 10 quid book. Um, so you've got the bonuses have got to be packaged such that they have high perceived value, but low cost to you. 
Because I don't know, there was a vacuum cleaning business, wasn't there? They were giving away flights. Can't remember, was it Hoover or it was? This was like thirty years ago, and they went bust because the value of the bonus that they were the offer they were given was so good, they went bust selling too many of them. I can't remember exactly who it was. May not have been Hoover, um, but it was a company like that. Yeah, they were giving away, I think, airline tickets, and everyone just bought them for the airline tickets. Oops. So what we do is I tend to give away scalable bonuses. Like if I, I'm doing a three hour um, create and launch your product in 30 days, three hour online training. That's going to be one of the bonuses of the start now, get perfect later paperback. Now, I didn't offer that for the audio book because it's new. And if I got 100,000 people on that, it's no different from if I got five people on it because it's a three hour online training and I'm doing it anyway. So that's kind of a good way to package up a bonus. One where... You, you know, whether you had five or 50,000, you're only investing three hours of your time. And then I'll record that for a future product that I can sell so I can leverage my time. All right. So that is in 25 minutes, the Power Wow product launch model. Product, pre-launch, launch, post-launch, repeat.